We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. I welcome you again to the Hear My True Story podcast. It is me, your host, Otako. In this episode, we have a conversation with one of the storytellers from the Hear My True Story project in Kampala, Nathan. In our conversation, we shall get to know more about the storyteller, more about the backstory behind the storyteller. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1, where we tell true stories and have conversations about real-life experiences with non-storytellers and storytellers from Uganda. Hear My True Story Kampala is a joint project between Hear My True Story podcast and Omoti Creative, an organization in Uganda. Omoti Creative is an arts organization that provides safe and free learning spaces for creative arts, educational support, and cultural exchange opportunities to children and youths in Uganda. Hello, our listeners. Um, my name is Otako. Yes, today I'm here again with a conversation with Nathan. Yeah. I hope mm. I mentioned the name in a very right way. Mm-hmm. Either Nathan or Nathan, I, I, I think <laughs> I didn't mention it very well. So I would like to welcome you, Nathan, to our podcast, Hear My True Story. Uh, Nathan mm-hmm. is one of the participants for the Hear My True Story Project Kampala. It's our first season, season one, where we work with storytellers, artists in Uganda to share their personal true experience. And all this was made possible because of our collaboration and support from Omti Creative in Uganda, but also mm-hmm. the artists that came on board saying, yeah, let us tell our own stories. And that's why we, we are here to converse with Nathan. Nathan shared a beautiful story about his experience, his life as a child <laughs> studying in Uganda and living in the village in Uganda. <laughs> so maybe today we shall get to know more about that. So Nathan, please, could you uh, introduce yourself our listeners who get okay. to know more about you. Your Thank you so much, William. 
Thank you so much, William. Uh, dear listeners, hi, how are you? I hope this finds you very good and safe. Uh, my name's uh, Katongole Henry Nathan. I'm a performing artist by profession. I major in acting, theater, and screen. I'm a voiceover artist uh, for radio and TV. I'm a commercial model for steel and video, a storyteller and a content creator, and I work with the Acting Beasts centered in Uganda, as well as the Orangu Times Management. And generally, I am a freelance actor. Wow. You are really so many things. You are, you are all around artist. You are a model, you are an actor, you are, you are a dancer too. Yeah. Yeah. Dancer. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really, really nice. So, uh, uh, have you ever told a story or are you, are, are you a storyteller really? Or, uh, or you, are, you are not a storyteller? I'm a storyteller. I've told a story before. One mm. and besides that, mm. I have I have I tell my story every day because this is the life I live. I believe by nature we are all storytellers. Mm. Just that sometimes we just don't take extra notice that we actually take of our lives. <laughs> well, so, and yeah. how do you find uh, storytelling in general? Storytelling in general, fun I should say, and besides fun, not that comes along with it. One, mm. one of the things I usually share most about storytelling is the relief we get in life. We usually have personal frustrations that come along in our lives. And because mm. we are so much enclosed into situations that we don't have people we can open up to, having mm. a story told, shared to the world, anyone gives you a relief, first of all. Secondly, it could give you a path to growth Mm. Thirdly, it could give you a room for you to reason out what you thought was possible. Actually, mm. notice at the end of the day, it's possible. Because mm. you told a story, you get to hear what people think, people advise, people criticize, people do whatever comes along with it. But mm. end line is usually pick something positive that is going to push your life to a better start. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's really true. And I, I find it like that because storytelling we do it every day anyone exactly. in life tells a story because life is of is a story <laughs> that's how exactly. i say it yeah exactly so uh, you 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 said you are uh an artist yeah. why did you choose to be an artist and how did you become to be an an artist i didn't choose to become an artist <laughs> this is a natural call at your call. But it's a call that I did notice. So I, mm -hmm. I did I literally have no I have a motivation. And my motivator to be an artist. Um when I was growing up as a child, I used to watch a lot of Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson. I grew up with this guy all my entire childhood. <laughs> and my mom tells me stories that I used to be in class way back in nursery, like preschool. I used to be, I used to, they used to tell her, I used to tell her that mm. I would be in class and they would wonder why is the entire class quiet. And when teachers come to the windows to peep in, <laughs> they would find Katongori acting out Mr. Bean, something he watched at home. He would 
be in class acting it out. Everyone is quiet, polite, and listening. And out of the blue, the class is bursting out of laughter. So <laughs> I grew up with this thing, and my mom was noticing. Even in high school, senior four, senior five, senior level, and A level, I found myself so much involved in dancing, organizing competitions, things to do like talent such at school as so much involved. So after my high school, uh, in the time of going to campus and vacation, then they call out someone who was trying to create an avenue to perform. The school in Uganda called the Mariam Nagire Film and Center. And this is when my mom motivated. Like between this time where you doing nothing, how about if you try and go? She actually did this not in the context of go, but for her she had this mind this child grew up with a kind of artistic thing in him. Why don't I give it a chance? This is how I joined the arts, by the way. So it's my mom who motivated me, and Mariam Dagiri helped me discover my abilities and what I can do. And from there, it, this is the profession I'm playing. Wow. You are yeah. really lucky that you had your mom who motivated you, who exactly. inspired you, who gave you these platforms to was Mr. Bean to, to, to go and take into a, a film and performing arts institution in Uganda and yeah. you could get the skills. That's so wonderful to hear. But I want to ask, mm. is it that for all parents in Uganda that they support their kids to choose their career or do they di- di- de- uh, dictate what their children should do? Uh, to be honest, in Uganda, most parents, I should mm. say things are a bit revolving because now people who are currently at, I will center so much on the profession I'm doing because it's what I best understand. But of course, mm. interrelating with the other aspects of life, parents have not been supportive enough in terms of decision making, what their kids want to take on as careers in life. And for me, mm. In my family, I'm a living example. There is no one in my family who has been support of me being an artist. Even when my mom wished a certain ex and she was scared, maybe I, mm. I gave the child a wrong motivation. You know? But I've used the skill and they've seen the benefits of the skill, not implicating that being an artist is being a worst, worst behaved human being in life mm. because of being judged by how you appear, because you have messed up hair because you know they're even shocked sometimes you can speak very good english they're very shocked you can make certain decisions that are just so perfect so parents have not been supportive in terms of choice of career their kids there has been a lot of dictation there's still dictation but i'm glad things are quite changing currently and people are starting to listen to them in terms of making decisions for what kind of careers they want to call in so yeah I mean, why why are they changing in perspective with the arts? Why are they changing? Is there a reason why they are changing? I think they're looking up to, one, they are seeing what the revolution has come with. That's to be honest. They are now, because I usually tell people, an artist being in art at the right mirror, art like a reflection to society. Mm. Sometimes the decisions made in our homes that parents do not really, really give it so much thought. You know, because you're just a parent limited to a decision, you take it, whether you are thinking too hard, 
I think I've again I've lost. And Nathan, but Nathan, would you please go back a second what you said before, like five, two seconds? Because I'd lost you. I couldn't hear you. It was maybe the internet. Can yeah. you hear me now? Yes, I hear you now. Okay, so on the issue of, of, of parents, um, stating in terms of career kids, why mm. it's evolving and changing is one, they've, they've seen the evolution, what it brought, you know, the changes that have come up with. The fact that people make decisions in their homes because they're the parents, have no choice rather than making the whether they are right or wrong. But with the arts, us who are living these lives every day, because being an artist is being able to recreate and rebrand lives, we have even mm. given them room to see how best they can make their homes, reflecting off what we present to them. You understand? So these kind of revolutions that have come along with the arts, their abilities, their works, have influenced at some point, the code of conduct parents in terms of career decisions for them. They're starting to see more light because of how we execute creation grounds in our profession. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, I really understand that how it is. Yeah. Uh, in, in your story, you talk about your mom and yourself. Uh, could you maybe draw a picture of your, I mean, your family, I mean, were you only you and your mom, or did you have brothers and sisters? Okay, I am a born of, uh, I have a big sister. We are only two kids, my mom. I am the last born. <laughs> and mm. then my father, but of course my, my, my big sister, surprisingly or shockingly, not from the same dad. Don't share fathers. Each mm. one of us has their own dad. And my mom has had issues marriage. She got married at quite a young age. Mm. And in terms of decision making and uh, in terms of seeing life, back then in that time, it was quite hard. You know, I was born in 1995. So you can mm. think of that time frame for a parent who is about 20 years or 18 mm. years giving birth to son, you know? mm. most of their decisions by then were not influenced by them, that their parents would take mm. decisions for them, you know? So it, it was a hassle for my mom to keep up in marriage. Something mm. came up and divorce had to come around. Mm. And by the time a divorce came around, this is something that just hit me because young as I was, I was about 12 years. That was 2007, mm. I was in primary seven. Happened mm. at a time where I most needed my parents, but unfortunately, separated. So, mm. living up to all that with a separated family and stuff, yeah, it has come a lot of things for me to learn in life where I mm. am today. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah. So, uh, you talk about your village, <laughs> your village. <laughs> you... <laughs> How was it for you those few days in the village? What activities <laughs> did you do? You maybe you could also yeah, that's what is you can paint a picture for someone who's listening. Okay, some of who my listened to your story. 
what what the village is what is a village in uganda maybe, maybe someone <laughs> doesn't know maybe say, we have listeners all over the world that mm. have not lived in uganda and they would like to have a picture of a village setting what is the village setting in uganda like <laughs> okay my village in particular my father's mm. village uh, mm. was was a very remote back then 2009 there was less development time when there was even no electricity uh, modernity was was just thinking of approaching those areas. It was so remote. This is a time where you'd have a trading center that has mud houses made of mud, eight ribs mm. and mud, and someone puts up a shop that has what we call in Uganda tadoba. They're like small mm. lighting that just like what you could relate it with is like a candle. Yeah, those those mm. kind of shops that have those kind of lightings, and they are selling this cooking oil that they have to measure for you in very tiny, tiny things. <laughs> mm. They have these small things. You know, the setup was just so funny, and someone has to just make very good cassava in the morning and make pancakes, make what. And one of my favorite activities back then in the village, that the small time I stayed there before this 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 incident happened. I used to feed, I used to love feeding my grandfather's cows because every morning at 7 a.m. we had to milk the cow and get this milk, move the share of the home. Then we have to take the other milk to different places to sell. We had particular wow. customers where we had to drop this milk every morning. So I used to enjoy that waking up early in the morning. Sunrise is just coming up. Next thing you know, they're teaching me how to prepare a cow for milking and sometimes things would even go bad. You're scared of touching this this bit of the cow to just milk out. And sometimes they'll tell you, be careful, that cow will kick you, you know? <laughs> Did you <I> ever, <laughs> were you ever kicked by a cow? I survived. It kicked, but it wasn't in range. <laughs> <laughs> but it would kick and pour all the milk. That is a golden day now. That's a loss. You know? mm. And I used to enjoy going down to the farms, you know, cut off that grass it used to. On, uh, mm. in Uganda, but they call it Ebisagazi. Mm. They, they have a shape like those of sugar canes. They're mm. still young, you know. I used to enjoy feeding the cow that, and sometimes it would be so nice that you just put this thing in your palm, and the cow picks it straight from your palm. You would feel that bond. You'd spend the whole day seated up on the crowd just watching the cow. That was one of my most favorite activities. And I used to love swimming. You know, you would go for water, and you have these 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 wells in the village where water flows naturally. Don't, don't know the source, just flows naturally and clean water. You know, you, you're free to drink and you are not going to get any side effects. Like mm-hmm. it was just pure water. And sometimes it would go stagnant somewhere and would use those spots to swim. So you would come back, people who left home at one, go and water, come mm-hmm. back at 4.30 and you just feel like you've been sleeping in ashes. You know, your face is just so messed up. Now you have to get the canes for these. And sometimes even the caning was fun, by the way. You would enjoy being caned for some reason because you're telling your, your, your sibling or your brother, let me see how much you can take it, show you how much I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for, for our listeners, I would like to make it clear the, what, what Nathan is talking about, canings, like beating you up for doing something wrong. 
but he yeah. says they kept doing it because they also enjoyed it i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> yeah why. Uh, these are some of the activities i used to enjoy the long distance walks from home trading mm. center they've sent you for something those walks were just so fun for like being in that school like in that home like the village setting you are living in your own world until they tell you you're going to visit an auntie the other side of of the village or you're going to visit an uncle the other side that's when you would feel a different experience of oh so people take on cars that's the only time you have to iron a cloth remember those charcoal iron iron, iron boxes you have to put in mm. charcoal is really red heat hot iron a shirt old trouser that's the only time you're going to put on shoes because you are going to visit someone else area. and that's when you would know hey so they take taxis take this kind of cars and the cars were even rare. About four cars a day. You'd spend a day sitting on the road and you would not notice any car only to see bicycles and walking. Even people grazing their cows. So the village setting was just a world of its own. You would just stay there, enjoy what is there. And when time comes, you have to leave that place to a different place or probably going to school or visit someone. Now that's mm-hmm. the time for adventure. For yeah, adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because village, no watching TV. No. Ah, there was no TV. There was even no electricity, my friend. There was no electricity. <laughs> not even uh, solar. By then, solar was not even here. It's mm. when, when the darkness, darkness starts at seven, everyone is out inside by seven. Light 7 up those PM. small tadobas. Yes, you light up those small tadobas, candles, and by 10 or 9, those lights have to be out because they used to use paraffin. Mm. Now that paraffin was also expensive of being expensive you have to move a long journey to find that paraffin because a fuel pump was mm. even rare someone had to go to nearby town quite developed has an actual pump paraffin they stock their jerry cans for 20 liter jerry cans or even one of paraffin mm. to sell to supply the entire village and they will tell wow. you ah, ah, if you go to a taco shop and there's no paraffin forget that one you're done it means there is no paraffin in the entire village you know how you would have that one human being supplying you? <laughs> supplying you? you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's a really, a really interesting one. Yeah. So, uh, Nathan, yes, uh, please. you, as an artist, do you mm. work with any company or you are independent artist? Uh, something I didn't talk about. Uh, I, I, I do, I'm a songwriter as well and a rapper. <laughs> I, I do some good. I just mm. haven't. But with music, I work with the Orangutans Management mm. Company. I started up with my friends way back in school in about 2012 when I was in senior five. But mm. in the actual ground right, that is taking most of my time right now, which is acting, mm. I work with the Acting Beasts. Now, Acting Beasts is a trio. There are three guys. Katongo Henry Nathan, Biamukama Brand Powers, and uh, Kaiwa Nicholas. And starting up Acting Beasts was the initiative we started way back in about 2016 when we were working with Fosam Uganda. We had uh, a school's theater program in Uganda where we would act literature plays that were on syllabus mm. for all level and A level. And this is where we met as a team. In terms of casting and production, there's a way we had a merge. There we had a, a natural connection in terms of what we were doing. And this just kept sparking in our minds. So we thought of something that would create 
in terms of because people have have, have, have created production houses, people have created different avenues. But while I can't create something in acting that can be a brand of not being one person, but a brand that can do things in terms of acting to make acting more standard, more more founded, more strong, came up with the idea of acting. And why the acting beasts? Because one, we're already actors, means we do acting. And now the beasts, we felt the fire within us, had this fire within us of being who can put out what it takes, whatever it calls deliver what we have on. So that fire that was burning best described as beasts because there is no one who would not fear a beast. Comes a beast. <laughs> so we came up with the acting beasts and we majorly center on acting. We are an acting brand in Uganda. All we do is acting and acting and acting. Whatever the acting calls for, the acting beast have it. That's the yeah. Beast. So if you are there and you're a listener and you're looking for actors in Uganda and you're having a project in Uganda or even East Africa, oh, reach out to Acting, acting Beast. Beast. And I'll definitely I'll... share with you the links and social media handles of the Acting Beasts as a brand. Definitely. I will so put them if, on the podcast. If, if there is room. We can also give you more. We have uh, the brand T-shirts. We have brand jumpers. We have brand capes. Give yeah, you I the can... feel of, of how do this thing. Please feel yes. free. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to get to know more about the acting beast in Uganda. Yes, and sure. the story how it came up like that. Yeah, maybe we can organize another conversation on our podcast. Just sure. targeting the acting beast. We can stay in sure. touch. For now, our dear listeners, we stop here. But join us in part two of this conversation with Nathan. These stories were directed by Zoe the Storyteller. Audio production for the stories was done by Adnan Sinkumba. Many thanks to our project coordinator Nicholas Kaiwa and all the storytellers of Hear My True Story Kampala Season 1. For more stories, please visit hearmytruestory.com. For more information about Umuti Creative, visit umutikreative.com or send an email to info at omoti.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com, for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.